Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, we're George and James. We're still in isolation and we are about to get pretentious with Colossal Squid's Swangert, which I think is how you say it, Swangert. This album's a little bit different from last week. (laughs) It is. Um, We're recording still in isolation, so if you notice a slight audio change from usual, that is why. There Um, might be more background noise than usual. But, um, hey, we're committed to still bringing you quality content. Quality, quality pretentious. pretentious chat. Yeah, so um, what else have you been doing while locked up? Uh, I remembered, so in between recording this episode and the last episode, I was trying to remember what film I'd watched that I thought was the best film I'd seen in a while. Yeah, did you? I remembered what it was. Fabulous. It was A Quiet Place. Mm. Yes, that's on Netflix at the moment. It is on Netflix at the moment. And it is, They're doing a second one as well. They are. They've just delayed the release of it because of no one can see it in the cinema because there's no cinemas. Yeah. Um, it's very good. It, I, Actually, you know what? I think... Have you seen that there's been a couple of films that have already been released on Amazon? But they're like 20 yes. quid. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good idea. Well, there is a question now about what the future's going to be for for film releasing whether that's going to become more of a thing and because people have been talking about this for ages um about uh you know releasing on the same day on digital platform as you release in the cinemas yeah and you know a few films have done it but it's not really become a, a real thing but uh i like i like the idea of being like because 20 quid seems like a lot of money to buy a film yeah but that's how much you'd probably pay to go and see it in the cinema nearly anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of, it kind of makes sense. I think you've got to price not everyone it. everyone can go. I think you've got to price it similarly because I don't think you want the cinemas to, to necessarily lose out. But at the moment, obviously, you can't go to cinema to watch anything anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been talk about this for ages and I think this may... This may be the time it, it it finally takes off finally happens um it's unfortunate that it's taken a a global pandemic and us yeah. being all locked down and all the cinemas being closed for it to happen um and i don't know what it means for cinemas generally whether that's gonna you're gonna start to see I the think, decline of cinemas or not i think you'll get a decline in cinemas but I think a bit like vinyl, maybe more people will actually go to the cinema in well, a way. As a result. Yeah, just like, just because the, if you can go and watch any film straight away streaming, if you and your mates want to go and have a special occasion, going to the cinema will suddenly feel a little bit more like a, a treat. It, yeah, it might make the cinema 
it might it might return it back to almost how vinyl went from being considered too expensive to now it's like a cool like yeah merchandise it's a cool thing to own it might return it to being something exciting to go and do yeah um because I think it would be a, a big shame if, if cinemas went completely. I don't think that's going to happen. But um, no. there's always going to be people who want to see their films in the cinema. Yeah. But equally, there are people that just don't... They don't care about seeing it in the cinema. Like, there are people that don't care about owning physical records. Vinyl, yeah. They just they just want to listen to their playlist on Spotify. And so... Yeah, because there's a lot of films that... Because, like, Quiet Place. It's a film that I would really like to see when it comes out but I wouldn't go out of my way to go see it at the cinema. Yeah. So if you could buy it for like 10, 15 pounds on the day it comes out, I would be tempted. I also think what might be good is that it might discourage uh, piracy and torrenting and stuff like that a bit more. That's always going to yeah. exist. That's always going to happen. Yeah. But if, if people have got the option to watch a film that's on at the cinema at home, yeah, they have to pay 15 quid or whatever. Yeah, they might still give some money towards the film uh, to to watch it at home than like finding out a torrent site so they don't have to go to the cinema to watch it. Yeah, I also think it opens a door for maybe smaller film companies that want to open up a kind of pre-order yeah. thing. And uh, yeah, and and get pushed out of cinemas by bigger films like bigger Disney films yeah. and stuff like that. Because it would be quite, you could definitely do something where you, you 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 show like the script for a film, or like sections of a film and like a plot, a rough plot, and do it almost like a Kickstarter. But you pre-order the film basically yeah. before it's even gone into full production, so you can actually have your audience pay for the film that they want to see made. Quite a nice idea. Because that's what bands are starting to do with albums and stuff with Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you? Have you? What else have you been up to uh, watching or um, listening to? I mean, it's been a nice time to get... I've been playing a bit more of bass again, which I don't usually get the time to. I don't get the time to actually just sit and play around Yeah. that often. It's always like learning something. Um. What else have I been doing? I've been watching The Simpsons loads. <laughs> <laughs> On Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot how how easy to watch and actually how... It is, Simpsons is actually really clever. <laughs> I yeah, really like I, think, I, think, uh, I think Simpsons is one of those shows that I sort of forget about until I watch again. And then you're like, oh shit, this is and actually it, really... And it actually works on so many levels. Like, yeah, you know, kids can enjoy it. And I've realized adults that there's, can a enjoy lot, it. there's a lot more sex than I remember there being. Yeah. It's a lot of sex reference. But there's a kid that goes over your head completely. Yeah, completely. Which is why I think, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't know. It's a big debate around you know, Family Guy over Simpsons or Simpsons over Family Guy. But I think Simpsons works so well because anyone it's can watch it. a younger audience can watch it. Whereas Family Guy is just... 
Family Guy is not really funny until you're like at least 14 to 16. Also, it then I, starts getting funny. Also, I think the thing I appreciate about The Simpsons is that the episodes actually have plots. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Family, Family Guy feels much more like a container for jokes. Which yeah, is fine. That's like what it's doing. It's almost more of a um, sketch show. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I've been enjoying, a lot of comedy, is um, the new series of Brooklyn Nine-Nines, now on Netflix. Oh, really? So oh, been, what are completely, completely new? Are they on Netflix now then? So they've got from one to six, I think, and season seven is being released on, like, on HBO or whatever it's on at the moment. Right. I've never got into Brooklyn Nine-Nine personally. I enjoy it. It's a very nothing sort of thing to watch. I, I always feel like, because often uh, my girlfriend will have it on in the background. I'll be, I'll be doing something at my Mac or something and she'll have it on. And when I'm listening to it, to me, if you're not watching it, it sounds like an animated show. I get that. The, the, so the yeah. quick pace of the... It's very quick paced. Of the dialogue and like the way they talk a little bit. It feels like it should be like a like an animated thing. Mm, I really like the filming style of it actually. It's very the filming style with the writing actually works really well together. Cause it feels it could very easily feel like a mockumentary. Yeah. But it doesn't. It feels more like an animation in the way that it's written. Who doesn't love Terry Crews as well? Oh, I love him. Oh, another thing that I watched, the final season. I haven't finished it yet, but the final season of This Country. I still haven't seen any of This Country. You need to watch This Country, especially know, as do. somebody that's grown up near the country. I do need to... Uh... It's... It is... I, I agree. I read something the other day where somebody said that one day this will be considered in the leagues of The Office. Oh, really? That? Good. All right. Yeah. I actually think I prefer it to The Office, if I'm honest. Interesting. Just because it's a bit closer to home. Yeah. I've never really worked in a proper office environment, so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't I still to... don't think it... I do it doesn't contend it. with the thick of it, though. Ah, oh, the thick of it. That's interesting. I, I re-watched that yeah. recently. Yeah. It's so I mean, good. does that count as a mockumentary? Uh... I don't know. It's sort of shot a bit like a mockumentary, isn't it? It's got that very handheld vibe, but yeah. I think it's meant to be... It's more It's more like a fly on the wall, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, anyway, Colossal Squid. Colossal Squid. Swanger. Now, this one's close close to the heart for me. Because yes. he was one of my tutors at, when I studied at uni. Adam Betts. Um, Adam Betts. Um, absolutely incredible drummer. Um, also now plays for Melt Yourself Down as well. Oh, right, okay. Um, on their new album, which is also very good. And I'm definitely, I can definitely hear a bit of Adam Betts on the new Melt Yourself Down record. So yeah, for, Swangert. For, for anyone who hasn't listened to Colossal Squid or Adam Betts's output, explain to the listener what is happening, like how he does it. So... I, I'm not sure how live his actual recordings are, but everything he does is all triggered through the drum kit. 
so he runs Ableton Live, which is a music program, and he runs he has triggers on his drum kit. And when he hits certain parts of the drum kit, it triggers different parts of the song and different sounds. So what he's basically doing is playing songs with a drum kit while still playing the drums underneath. And he yeah. does it all solo, which is just mad. Like, yeah. all that I can do, like, I might not have described it in the best way, but just go watch him, type in Adam Betts or Colossal Squid Live, and you'll see just the majesty that man has over a drum kit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... Uh... I think that's probably actually the best way into his music um, yeah. is to see it first before you necessarily listen to the album. Because yeah, I agreed. think uh, it gives you a much stronger appreciate, can't say appreciate, appreciation, appreciation, <laughs> appreciation of, yeah. uh, of what he's doing. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I guess you could you could listen to the album if you didn't know what he was doing and, and just sort of mistake it for a just an electronic music. Like maybe trio or duo or something. Yeah. It would also be quite easy to, like, even if you knew it was a drummer's music project, it'd be quite easy to think that he'd just, like, written a Lotus track and then recorded drums to it as well. Yeah. But he does actually play it all live, or With at least he does when he, yeah, yeah. At least he does when he re- performs it. Whether he actually does in the studio, I'm not sure. Yeah. Where do we start? I mean, do you With... like the album? Do I like the album? I do like the album. Um, I probably haven't listened to it as many times as I should have should have in preparation for this. Um. I do like it. I th- I feel like I may prefer his original. Uh, oh, because he did his first album was Adam Betts, Colossal I, Squid. I think I prefer that album, perhaps to his his actual like first Colossal Squid album, like his first album as Colossal Squid. I think I think perhaps his original. Colossal Squid record as Adam Betts was like maybe slightly more accessible. Yeah, um, it's, it's instrumental as well, which yeah, it it's more like a it's a bit more experiment in a writing sense. Because I think like hero shit on the first yeah record is just like that's such a good in into like him hero shit and drum bones yeah. they would be the first songs that i would suggest someone to go and listen to and that was actually out four years ago wow. that's much longer than i thought well that was in 2016 wasn't it so uh because he is featured in the james acaster book yeah perfect sound whatever way talks about music from 2016 and he gets featured in that, um, which yeah. is nice to see. Actually, something else, if you wanted to listen, I would also suggest people go and listen to Free Trap Tigers as well. His other, his, which apparently, a, according, to, according to Adam Betts' own band camp, is Brian Eno's favourite electronic 
experimental three piece. <laughs> I mean, I would take that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd be ha- very happy if Brian Eno liked my stuff. It's interesting because I was expecting it to still be all instrumental and there's tracks on it like the that have vocals that have vocals on. Like there's two tracks for St. Saviour. Yeah. Um, A.K. Patterson on Kick Punch. And then Pigs, 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 which is my favourite band name ever. I, I, this is such a great song. I think it's my favourite song with Pigs, 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 Pigs. Like, I do like Pigs, 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 but, um, I sometimes find them a little bit drawn out. Yeah. But I fuck Francisco. The song is just fantastic. I, I would have never have thought they would sound like that with Adam Betts, but it works a treat. Yeah, it does work really well, them together. And it's not it's not two artists that I would put together at all. No. Because if, if people don't know Pigs, 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 they're, <laughs> they're like kind of heavy rock. They, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to see them supporting somebody like... Um, Oh shit! What are they called? Oh, I've forgotten the name of the band now. I mean, they could certainly support someone like Idols, or I could see them supporting Idols or um, that band that releases like a new album every year. Oh, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. Yeah, King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. Yeah, who have been surprisingly quiet recently. I wonder what they're up to. They must be up to oh, something I'm... in the lockdown. I'm pretty sure. I oh, know they've already been doing the festival for a couple of years. But I doubt that might they had that metal record they put out just before yeah the end of last year but they only put out one album last year and that was like oh no they put two albums out last year but even then that's <laughs> that's that's slow for them you know that, that is slow for them I mean I think the thing that gets me with Colossal Squid is just the pure like Adam Betts's range of influence is fantastic. Like you can hear so many genres of music in his work because he also um he also does a lot of work with um Goldie. Okay. So a lot of kind of early I might be wrong, I'd not that up on kind of drum and bass and stuff, but he is definitely one of the forefathers yeah and yeah well he does he plays with this thing called the heritage orchestra and they do just legendary electronic songs but with a full orchestra and it's amazing but i know they did one of goldie's whole albums which in fairness we should we could probably talk about at some point i can't remember what yeah it's one of his early albums and it is a fantastic album. What is it about Colossal the Swungut that really appeals to you, George? Um, I think it's just, it's so fun. In a way, I find it quite, an, there's so little, like, it sounds mean to say there's little context to it, but it, it, it just... It just feels like somebody just creating music that they enjoy. It doesn't necessarily have coherence to it as an album. Yeah, I mean, I think the album artwork kind of reflects that. 
the yeah, artwork's it's... got this sort of uh, crazy comic book style. Uh, lots like it's busy. It's got loads of neon coloured, um, all sorts of like alien characters with their eyes popping out, sort of blood splattered all over the place. Um, I almost feel like that is a good representation of what the what you're getting into on the music. Yeah, it's like it's bright just... colours, really popping, but also sort of like slight disarray. And I mean that in a good way. It's like slightly... Oh, yeah. uh, I don't want to use the word messy because I think it's... Uh, it's organised mess. It's very well, yeah, very well organised and it's like well produced and stuff, but it's kind of like... It's just... It, you could say it's musically like a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a quite a good way of describing it. If you it. just jumped straight into the middle of like... Uh, well, I mean, I fuck Francisco. If you just dump somebody in the middle of that song, it just sounds like chaos. Yeah. There is no order to it. But then when you listen to it all the way through, it's like, oh, that's amazing. Do you think... Um, how much do you think he's thought about, uh, like, the, the, the structure of the album, like, in terms of order of songs? Because we talk sometimes on, on this podcast about albums that that feel like definitely like structured in a way um the 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 thing that springs to mind is like kiwanuka or yeah or even like a brief inquiry they feel very specific in the order of their tracks it's not just composed songs it's a composed album um do you think he do you think this is similar to that or no do you think personally no because because i personally think like you could probably listen to this album in any order you wanted yeah for me it feels like there's a very loose like it starts off strong goes into some slightly more mellow tracks and then finishes on a clusterfuck of weirdness yeah but beyond that like it just feels like a, a greatest hits of things that Adam Betts has been playing around with. But I don't think, unusually, because uh, usually I, that would be a negative for me when listening to an album. Yeah. Um, I don't really feel that way with this. I, I, I think because it feels, it feels like going to a gig listening to this album for me. Yeah. Do you get that at all? It, it feels very live, and I, but then I don't know how much of that is it actually feeling live or just because I know how he's doing it that it feels live, if you see what I mean? True. I I think because maybe maybe that's what makes it an enjoyable album. If you were to perform this as a live set, it would, it would be a good gig. Yeah. Because quite often albums wouldn't necessarily make a good gig. Yeah, you structure me. a set list very differently to how you necessarily structure an album. Yeah, whereas this feels more like a gig. Yeah. Than it does an album, which is, it fits because it's such energetic music. It works that way. And I almost feel like there are, there are definitely some bands that you, or some artists that, that live for the album. 
and live for the thing yeah. they release. And there are certain bands that live for the live show. Like a, yeah. a great example of that is like a band like The Hives. Yeah. Who haven't band. who haven't actually put out a record in years. Their last they album their last those. album was uh when was the last album? Twenty twelve. Damn. They're still years. they're still gigging. Yeah. Uh, they did put a song out last year and we thought, oh, maybe that means an album's coming out, but nothing's happened since to suggest that that's the case. So they're, they're very much a, a, an outfit that lives for the live performance. Yeah, I think Adam Betts is very much like that. Like, I think Colossal Squid is going to be a project that we might we might even see a single after this whole quarantine period just because of him being locked away for so long. Yeah. And whether that will even make it onto an album or not, I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't. I find it quite interesting when artists become... I, I always find it interesting when artists are like that, where, they, where they're clearly... I mean, this is... I'm, I'm sort of putting all this on Adam Betts, and he might not even... He, probably, he might disagree with, with this. But where it feels like they're living for one thing, they're living for the, the live set. And the release is sort of just to encourage people to come and see him live. Yeah, and then artists that. that are really much more about the album the and album. the release. And the, the live is a secondary thing for them. I always find those sort of artists quite interesting. Yeah, it's very rare that you get a band. Like for me, 1975 is one of those bands where they're just as good live as the album. And like their tour feels like it's selling itself and the music. Yeah. Whereas but Colossal I, Squid, yeah. Feels yeah, like but I don't album. feel like the 1975 almost, uh, I don't want to say put as much effort into because I don't feel like, I feel like that's unfair on. They put effort Someone into like the visuals, Adam Betts not because, the performance. Yeah. But I feel like it's unfair to say that Adam Betts doesn't put effort into his album because he clearly does. But yeah, it feels like the focus is... Uh, the focus for Colossal Squid for me is it's about the music. It's about the the actual skill of the song, like the, the composition through yeah. drumming. And there's there doesn't need to be that concern, but yeah, I like it. It Adam Betts just doesn't feel like a project that needs to have lots of time put into and cohesive. I mean, maybe that is something that needs to happen. Maybe it would actually be better. It would to be interesting to hear like a concept album. Yeah, but then it, is it already a sort of concept album in itself? The whole thing of him playing everything with his drums, sort of. Actually, I have all, I have partially experienced it when I got to go see Pete Wareham, who is the saxophonist for Melt Yourself Down, play some improvised jazz, well, like an improv jazz night with Adam Betts. Um... And they did a, I think it was about 40 minutes of improvised music, but it was almost just constant playing. And that almost felt like a concept album. 
You came back raving about that gig, didn't you? Oh, it, was, it was incredible. I think you said it was one of the best things you'd ever been to, I think. I think I it cost something. me a fiver. Yeah. It was five pounds to go to the Serpent's Jazz Quarters with about 40 or 50 other people down, down in the basement. And they just played an incredible set. I feel sorry for anyone that didn't get to go. <laughs> I just but, wish they'd do it again, though. I like. I almost feel worse that I got to see it and not knowing when I can see it again or hear it again. Yeah. But I actually really want those two to make an album now. I mean, obviously, Adam Betts is now in Melt Yourself Down, so you you can get a little teaser of how it felt, but it's not the same. <laughs> he is definitely one of the best live performances you can go and see at the moment though it's incredible well, I had a friend recently I don't know who uh, I think he, he, he was support Adam Betts was supporting someone I don't Betters. know who it was. okay so my friend must have gone to see that gig um, but it's I, I always think it's uh unusual when people go to a gig and the support act grabs their attention mm. it doesn't happen like too often. often um but i remember my friend uh like posting on instagram like on his story and stuff about how incredible adam Betts was live and he's never when you're heard watching of it before. as well, and it's just him on stage, and you just yeah. look and you're like, "How? How are you doing this?" It's a bit like when you see Jack Garrett live. Yeah, I was never into Jack Garrett, but it's interesting that he's performing sitting down now in like a weird square of synths. Is that what Jack Garrett? Yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't actually watched. I've only seen like pictures on Instagram. I haven't actually seen any live right. videos that is interesting I'm going to google it now and see if there's any I can watch after we're done also I mean the only issue with Adam Betts is probably better than Jack Garrett for that but like being able to actually then perform with other musicians must be really difficult yeah I do wonder if you know you if you're always performing on your own like that, what it then must be like to have to join a a band or yeah, I suppose it, it may be easier for Adam Betts being a drummer because I suppose as a drummer that you're probably used to it's Working it's actually it's actually unusual to to for Adam Betts to be a, a solo artist given the fact that he's a drummer. Yeah, true. Like he doesn't sing or anything. Um, so. It's just, it's just interesting that he's managed to find a way to uh, to do that. To yeah, to do that. Me and my flatmate Fabian were also really lucky to. Um, he came in. Well, obviously he taught us anyway, but he did an actual masterclass, and just like the levels of detail that goes into his programming, but he still keeps a lot of kind of danger in the set going wrong there's a lot of things that could still go wrong which 
adds another layer of well interest i think we may have talked about this before but um live music should be a bit dangerous and yeah i mean there should be things that can go wrong it's something that jack white is a big advocate for yeah just like if it comes too easy to you to you live it's not going to be as interesting to see there's something interesting like when you go see a band like public service broadcasting Mm. who a lot of their stuff is done through looping various things and yeah and there's almost a feeling not of being on edge because they're very good at because it not seem yeah they're like they're, they're very good at this point and and you, you feel confident that they're going to be able to steer the ship through yeah. the show but there is also this sort of undercurrent of like this could go wrong at any point and it will be interesting to see what happens if it does. Yeah, it's like when you're watching like sports, the more dangerous the sport, the more fun it is in a yeah. way. Yeah. Like you don't want to see anyone get hurt, but the fear that somebody could get hurt definitely yeah. makes it more interesting. That's yeah. That is that's like you you watch ice hockey, you want to see someone get hit really hard. <laughs> yeah. But you want to see him, but you want to see him get up. Like you don't want to see them like mm. knocked out on the floor. That's something I found with boxing is like you always want to see a KO, but you also want a match. Yeah. If somebody gets KO'd in the You just feel sorry for them. Yeah, if somebody gets KO'd in the first round as well, though, that's the match over. Yeah. I want like a full match. I've always I've always found that interesting, especially about boxing, because it's one of those sports that can end literally in like seconds. So you yeah. pay all this money to go and watch a fight. I mean, granted, they probably have other they have other fights on in the night or whatever. Mm. But like you're paying to go and see like Anthony Joshua or whatever. Yeah, but that could be over in like ten seconds. There's no real other sport that's just over that quickly. Yeah, that you spent all this money on. Imagine if music gigs work like that. Like you just turn up to a gig and it could last for like three seconds. <laughs> I mean, I, f- I think Kanye West gigs can be a bit like that. That's true. There's always a danger <laughs> with Kanye West that it could just... Yeah. Um, I remember I saw uh, Razorlight back in the day. Slight, slightly, embarrassed, slightly embarrassed to say. Yeah. Um, they had uh, some what? good songs. They had some decent songs. Uh, but they played uh, literally like 40 minutes, 45 minutes. That's an album. Yeah, but like it was a headline show at an arena. Oh, right. It was and a you're playing, shit. Yeah. And you're playing 45 minutes. That's a bit shoddy, isn't it? It was like... This is, that's too short, isn't it? That is too short, That really. felt like they were taking the piss a little bit. Yeah. And I bet the tickets weren't that cheap either. No, and so I never listened to Ray's Light again after that. I'm not even sure I can name you any Razor Light songs anymore. Are you looking them up now? Yeah. Oh, In the Morning, of course. I'm about to listen to some because I've forgotten. Did you know 
that they released an album in 2018. I didn't know that. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, in the morning, yeah. Wow, there was 10 years between them releasing. <laughs> yeah. Well, they all fell out, didn't they? Yeah. They fell out. They did another album and realized, yeah, we still don't like each other. Still hate each other. Johnny Burrell is still a cock. <laughs> they were massive, though, weren't they? They at the time. What's America? Um, nothing on the radio. The main thing. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Remember America. Nothing on the radio. Nothing on the TV. Da 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 da. What's Golden Touch? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Have it all if you want. Yeah. You could have it all if you want so much. Ah. Uh, yeah. It's just that they're too similar to all of those other bands, like Pigeon Detectives, The Feeling. The Kooks. The Kooks. Plain White Tees. Such the kooks, a period. The Kooks seem to be having a... Are they having a resurgence? Well, they, they've, they've like released a new album in 2018. I think they were supposed to be touring this. They were headlining Truck Festival this year. They were headlining? Interesting. Um, yeah, but I don't think that'll be happening anymore. Yeah, there was a festival I was meant to be playing that I think had an interesting lineup. Um, what was it? Oh yeah, um, I was meant to be playing Bearded Fury. It's now moved to late summer, so it's still happening at least. But it's got um, Primal Screen playing. Interesting. Which I've never been a Primal Screen fan. I am interested to see them live. And it's also got Yumi at six playing. And I actually really rate them live. Really? I would, I'd, I've never listened to a whole album. But live, they are fantastic. They're just so nice. Uh, see, I, I think they were at Truck Festival when I was at Truck Festival last year. And I just, I didn't go and see them because I was like, eh, Yumi at six, eh. Yeah, it's very, maybe, I, I saw them Maybe at, I should have, but... I saw them at Reading in Leeds. I think it was the Saturday night, and it was all time low. You me at six, and then Paramore, and it was just like, oh my god, this is emo me, <laughs> so fulfilled. And then it was like, I think it was then Black Keys and Florence and the Machine. Black Keys, I'd like to see them live. They're better away. I was supposed to see them live, and then one of them broke their shoulder or something. And- Talk um, it's hard to really talk that much more about Colossal Squid because he's just such a Adam Betts is just he just is what he is an incredibly talented drummer that has worked with some incredible people and does incredible music I think I can thing, see like it wouldn't necessarily it's not everyone's cup of tea definitely no but I think the I think the the order of uh, of what you've got to do is watch him perform first. Yeah. Whether that's actually live or just on or just YouTube. just on a video, yeah. Go and watch him actually perform it and then go listen to the the albums. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then it go would listen, be interesting. Go watch the Free Trap Tigers as well. It would actually be interesting. I'd really like to know what, it would be like for someone who hasn't who doesn't know anything about it mm. what they think listening to the music just on its own 
Yeah. Yeah, true. Because I think you you obviously knew what he did everyone before I you listened to it. Yeah, and everyone I know has seen him play, even in like if it's a live video or yeah. knows him anyway. So it would be really interesting to hear someone's perspective who hasn't who hasn't experienced it like that. I mean, if any of our listeners want to go straight away, you haven't heard of him, go listen to his album. Let us know what you think on initial response. And then go watch him live and then tell us how your perception changes. Yeah. It would that would be interesting to know. Yeah. Because it's almost it's almost uh it's funny actually, the the two episodes we've recorded today, we've both struggled with to know what to say about them. Yeah. Um but it, it's difficult to know what to say about this record because I think it's so intrinsically wrapped up in what he does live. To be yeah. able to talk about it is quite difficult. You just watch him and you go, that's awesome. I've not met anyone, like even my mum who doesn't really like the music that much, she still enjoys watching the videos whenever I put them on. Yeah. Because I remember getting back home after uni, after like a term at uni and being like, this is my tutor. She was like, that is really impressive. I think there's certain artists like that though, isn't there? Like that you don't necessarily connect with the music, but you can't help but watch if you're if you're watching them live. Um, yeah. Like, I think you would you would probably say that about War on Drugs if you ever saw them. You'd probably enjoy them live. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to go and watch their, uh, listen to their albums that often. Yeah, um, true. And I've definitely had experiences with bands where you've gone. Well, uh, for me, uh, the obvious one for me is Jack Carrot. Um, mm. I've seen him live and live I was like captivated from start to finish I thought it was it, it was amazing but I don't yeah. the the actual album itself doesn't really do much for me yeah fair we, you know we were talking earlier about bands that are more live bands than album mm. bands but it's also interesting when you find a an artist that you don't necessarily you're not necessarily going to listen to a lot but like I think it's the same with 1975 actually for me yeah I I I, I have listened to that out, uh, Brief Inquiry a lot more since we talked about it but generally I'd probably uh, I probably would be inclined to see them live yeah, the only thing that would put me off is the screaming fans. But well, yeah, that would be annoying if I could see them live in a box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, um, I mean, actually, nineteen seventy-five is one that we we've got to keep an eye on because they've got a new album coming out soon. Didn't you say to me earlier that there's like twenty-two tracks on it? Twenty-two tracks. Yeah, that's how long. much of that is going to be intervals or like interludes? Sorry, I don't know. But I'm I'm excited to see because it's been delayed. It's now been delayed a fifth time, I think, or fourth to May. It was meant to be April. I mean, originally it was meant to be February. So why has it been delayed? I obviously know why it's been delayed this time, but 
Why has it been delayed so many other times? Just pretty much because Matt Healy hasn't been quite happy with how the songs are. Right. So he just keeps kind of pushing it back until he's finished it. Any closing thoughts on Colossal Squid? Um, he's one of the best people that you can go and watch live on YouTube. There you nice. go. Just just go watch him. You won't, You might not like it, personally, but you will be able to marvel at how incredible it is to watch a man perform like that. I think that's a, that's a good place to leave it, really. Well, so thank you for listening. Uh, if you like the show, then please subscribe, share it with your friends, follow us on the social media channels that are in the description below, and join us next time when we will be talking about George. We will be talking about Dua Lipa's brand new album, Future Nostalgia. Gonna be a good one. Join us next time. <laughs> I shouldn't do that. Most of our listeners are in America at the moment, so that's probably deeply offensive to a lot of our American listeners. But we're appreciative. Yeah. But yeah, see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.